Welcome to the Church of the Living God Mount Sterling podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. For more information about our church, follow us on Facebook by searching for our page, Church of the Living God Mount Sterling. We would love to connect with you, pray with you, and hear what God is doing in your life. Now grab your Bibles and let's get into God's Word. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Psalm 33. <clears throat> Psalm 33. Verse 6, Psalms 33, verse 6, says this. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Come on. Our God is a creator. Our God is a creator. When he speaks, he creates. That is one of the greatest differences of God and the enemy is that even if the enemy speaks into you, speaks into your destiny, speaks into your failures, speaks into anything that you are, it does not have to come to pass because he's not a creator. That's the importance of knowing the word of God is because you know his breath and you know what he speaks and he's a creator. All the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Verse 7, he gathereth, he gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap and he layeth upon the depth in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. That's the importance of us demonstrating his presence. Is that when people feel his presence, they stand in awe of who he is. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. And he makes the devices of the people of none effect, meaning the Lord's got your back. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, and the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Bless you. Blessed, 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 blessed. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Amen. I'm going to preach a message today by the authority of the kingdom of God called Destiny of a Nation. Destiny of a Nation. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just glorify you. We just thank you for your presence that is here. Lord God, thank you for moving in this house. Thank you for the beauty of your Holy Spirit that draws us, Lord, that draws us by, by, by his love into the presence of Jesus. For we are called to draw near to you, and it's promised that you will draw near to us. So, Lord Jesus, we glorify you. We thank you. Lord God, I ask for the unction and the utterance of the Holy Spirit to move upon this word, to move upon me. Lord God, that you would begin to breathe revelation and illumination into these people and that their hearts would receive who they are because of who you've spoken them to be. So we honor you alone in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. The whole church shouted amen. amen. Don't let it be the last. Amen. So I love this because it's a psalm that starts off with, with the declaration. Uh, you know, so many worship songs are, are, are in part, it's always talking about something for us, something for us. And, and we've got to get back into intimate worship to where, man, we're just talking about him. You know, that's one thing when, when, when Paji from Baltimore was here that I loved, and he was singing those, those, those Hebrew songs. Man, all those songs are just all about God. You know, that song, Kadosh, 
which means kadosh is, is holy in Hebrew. And just, and just calling God holy, calling, who, calling God who he is. You know, in, in, in Isaiah 6, the, it's, it says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And it says, and his train filled the temple. It says there were angels circling around the throne. And it said they had six wings. With, with two, they covered their feet. Two, they covered their, with their faces. And it says, and with two, yes, they did fly. And they were rolling around the throne of, and, and then all of a sudden he started going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. That's all they sang. These are angelic beings, six wings, and all they're doing is going, holy, holy, holy. The vision starts off with Isaiah looking, and he says, man, I saw the Lord. I saw his train. I saw these angels. They had six wings. But when he heard what they said, he realized who was on the throne. And immediately, what did he do? He says, I repent. See, there's a difference between seeing God move, but knowing who he is. That's why Jesus said, man, you, you prophesied in my name. You cast out devils in my name, but I just don't know who you are. This is a psalm that's declaring who he is. If we're going to win the city, then we individually, not just as a church, not just corporately, we as individuals need to know who he is. We need to become intimate with him. The purpose of me preaching is not to entertain, it's not to give you goosebumps, but it's to give you a hunger to step into him. For you to desire him. For you to come to know who he is of, of saying, man, I want to know what he's talking about. I want to know who he is. So you go back into the scriptures. You listen to the message and you listen for his voice. This is the one that what he speaks happens. What he declares stands forever. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe. We have become so denominationalized in the church system that everything is in so much order that church becomes just, oh, that's what we're supposed to do, not who we are. That we've institutionalized God and we've put him in a little box and it's called the church. And it's called Sunday morning. And it's called every now and then Wednesday night. And if you're absolutely ridiculous, you'll do a Sunday night as well. And we've put that together in a box. And, and now we, we go to church. We, we, we go every Sunday. And, and we listen on Wednesdays. But are we still in awe of him? See, what brings me to the awe of God is when I look back and I see, I see who he is in my life. Didn't know him, didn't go to church, but yet he followed me. He followed me into the most evil, desperate, broken places of my life where I wanted nothing to do with God. He showed me by his spirit that he was always there. I've said this before that in times with, you know, with, with, with drug addiction, you know, we, we, get, we get so heartbroken that, that a mom or a dad receives their, their check and, and the children are at home and they're hungry because there's no food and that parent leaves the children by themselves and they go to the drug dealer's house 
and they do the drugs, they spend all the money, and the kids are still hungry, right? And we pray, Lord Jesus, be with these children, be with these children, right? But see, the expanse of God is that he, he stays with the children, but yet he follows the dad, he follows the mom to the drug house. Because the cross and the blood of his cross has invested into the children and to the addict. It's invested into the victim and the other victim. So as the church, we need to have a love and a passion and we need to stand in awe of the God who stays with the kids and walks with the one that's broken. We have to understand that we have to come back to be in awe of God. Because we can't, we can't drum God down because we go to church every Sunday. The purpose of the cross was not for church every Sunday. The reason he hung there and bled is because he wanted all of you. And the only way to do that was for him to give all of himself to you. Our apostle says, for God so loved the world, and the Son, O oh, loved the Father. Father, is there any other way? Is there any other way to do this? Not mine, thine will be done. The Father answered and says, there's no other way to save Patrick. There's just no other way. He is so wicked that it will take your sacrifice to redeem him and to set him free. And we have to come back as the church and, and demonstrate a God who is alive. I tell people all the time when you're at work or, or when you are outside of the church, are your actions, is your face is, is, is the way you walk, is the way you carry yourself, does it in any way demonstrate the love of God? Does it carry something inside of you, outside of here, that shows him out there? Now listen, I'm not talking about this, this fake stuff. You know, walking around going, Hallelujah! When you walk into Walmart, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about carrying him. It wasn't Peter's shadow that healed. It was what Peter carried. Because when they, man, he's been with Jesus. Jesus healed everybody. So, so when Peter walked, he walked in a way that was so opposite of 2021 churchianity. He walked so opposite of it. That he walked in the fullness of the demonstration of what Christ did. And listen, he walked in the way that he remembered saying, you are the Christ, the Son of God. But he also remembered, I'll never leave you. I'll even die for you. See, as Christians, we need to know both. We need to understand both. That we're not judged by our shortcomings, but we're actually elevated by them. I remember times that I was faithless. I was rejecting God as a born-again believer. 
or I was in sin while I was preaching the gospel. And so that became the standpoint where God, his mercy and his grace flowed into me that even though I was broken and shambled in pieces, his grace and his glory could still shine. We need to walk in this earth and in this community as people who carry him and when they come around, they build faith. We've talked about it before that, you know, when, when somebody lays hands on somebody at church, at a service, and they're healed, then other people will say, they'll give the testimony and say, well, well Pastor Megan laid hands on me and prayed and I was healed. And, and she has the gift of healing. So then people will say, hey, Megan, can you pray for me? You see what I'm saying? So Peter was walking in the fullness of the gospel, and because he was in intimacy with Jesus, the glory of God was on him, and so when he came somewhere, it built people's faith. That's what healed. It wasn't Paul's handkerchiefs that healed. It was the faith that is built when we truly walk in who he is. And it doesn't mean that everywhere I go, signs and, and wonders happen every single day, every single time. But please do not cut God short either. Because you can walk in signs and wonders every single day. Because he can do whatever he wants to do. We just have to be the ones connected, standing in awe of who he is. And being willing at any point to repent and to come back to the altar of God. And be set ablaze. The Lord brings the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. He, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. That's something else we've got to realize. When we're coming to the place of a destiny of a nation. Is we have got, we have got to pass on the knowledge of Christ to all generations. We have got to come into a place that we're not afraid to tell our kids what the truth is. And I'm not just talking about we, like what's sin, what's this. I'm talking about of the glory. I'm talking about of the power. From the very beginning, I prayed, I prayed in the spirit. I prayed in tongues over my children. Every single time. We go to bed every single time. Before Ezekiel confessed that Jesus was Lord, I was praying over him, and he started praying in a language that wasn't my language. Because sometimes kids will just hear it. If you want to hear a great demonstration of me speaking in tongues, just ask Evie Pop. She'll, she does it just like, we might have her just come down one time on the stage and just say, hey, do Patrick. And it's awesome. But see... That's who she is. And so when, when time comes and people say, well, that's a bunch of gibberish. Well, that's a bunch of this. Zeke's going to go, no, baby. I've seen it move the mountains in my life. See, because now that's, that's his God. That's, that's Evie's God. They're standing in awe of who, of who God is. They're sharing and declaring when a leg grew out an inch, Ezekiel turned around and goes, did you see that? And I'm going, baby, I ain't missing no leg growing out. 
I said, I, I, you might have been postured a little bit better, but daddy ain't missing it either. And that's right. We serve a God who makes legs grow out. We serve a God that can do the impossible. And his counsel stands to all generations. This is a God that wants all of us and everyone. And we're the ones, we are the ones who do that. We're the ones who are supposed to do that. We're the ones who are supposed to walk in it. We're the ones who are supposed to propel it. Listen to this. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. So listen to me. It does not just mean if you're blessed. There's a lot of devils that are blessed. What we consider blessed, right? Filthy rich, right? Let's be honest. Because when we're in financial trouble, we ask God, say, man, is there a curse on me? So we think that people that are rich, they are blessed. That's why people look down on poverty. That's why there's such a gap in poverty. That's, poverty is truly a mentality. It's a mindset that we will always be. That's why they say if they took all the money, distributed, just wait a couple years, it's all going to go back in the same places. Because it's a mentality. And we have a culture that wants to be given everything, and they don't want to stand up and declare who their God is. So it's not just about being blessed. That doesn't show you who you are. It's not even the nation. You, you don't, just because you're rich doesn't mean you are a blessed nation. Just because America is, is a power in the world and the wealth here in America, that doesn't make us who we are. It says, blessed is the nation who's God. It's not about just who the God is. Because there's multiple gods in America and there's multiple gods all over the world. So it's just not about God. James 2.19 says, if you believe in one God, that's good. Even the demons believe and tremble. So many times when you see the word Lord in the Old Testament, it's the word Adonai. But this says, blessed is, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Lord there is Jehovah. That changes everything. See, we, we, want, we want destiny for our nation, right? That's what we want. Because we are, we're, we're proud to be Americans. We're, we're, we're proud to live in this land. But what are we doing here? What are we really doing in this land? What are, what are you here for? Because this is saying the only way the nation is blessed is if Jehovah is God. So that means we have to step into something deeper. Because that's why it brings up generations. It says all generations because blessed is the nation whose God is Jehovah. We, all we do is try to promote the church, promote the church, promote the church, and, and then we just need godly leaders, we need godly leaders, we need godly leaders. What we need is people who know who Jehovah is. We need people 
in the pews to know who Jehovah is and then walk out them doors and show the earth Jehovah. Jesus Christ came to bring us into the throne room of God. And we get forgiven for sin, but remember, I've, I've said it a thousand times here. It, it, what's the point of being sinless if you're still fatherless? What's the point of asking God to forgive your sins if you're never in true relationship with God? Sin separates us from that. But remember, the Bible says, yet as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons and daughters of God. So we've got a God that blesses nations. But we've got a people that depend on everything else to be blessed. We are the ones who make this nation blessed. We are the ones who can change the culture. We are the ones that are called to repent, ask God to forgive us, and change our ways and start walking in the ways of the kingdom of God. You want to change the city? Are you intimate with God enough to put down your agenda and pick up his banner? Because for too long, the church is on the outside trying to pray for presidents and governmental leaders. And the Bible says we're supposed to pray for them in, in, in protection and in covering. And all we're doing is we're sitting down and saying, well, Jesus, bring us a good one. Jesus, bring us a good one. Bring us a good one. And if we get the one that we don't want, we... If our God is Jehovah, then it don't matter who's there. Because Jehovah is here. It does not matter who's in that White House for me. Do I want somebody godly? Absolutely I do. But if I depend on who's in there, if I change my ministry for who's in there, then something's wrong with my ministry. Because in India, it's an anti-Christian government. So when I go there, we're not allowed to preach outside. I can't go to the corner of the street and just say, come unto me all who are weary. I can't do that. If a foreigner who is a Christian converts any Hindu into Christianity, he is to be immediately imprisoned. So who knows when I go to India, I don't preach outside, amen? All right? I've been in our prisons. I don't want to go to theirs. So we preach indoors. Honey, that's, that's freedom of speech being taken away. But the churches in India are flourishing. Enoch and Marissa have been to Vietnam having secret meetings. Small rooms packed out, hundreds of people. I've heard stories of Chinese churches where literally they say, brother, this, let's go through John. And he'll quote the first three chapters of John. And then the next person will quote chapters 4 through 6. 
And the minister's going, now why do you do that? Because we can't have Bibles, so we memorize it. You memorize it. Because it doesn't matter who the government is. Jehovah is here. This is what we need to walk in. It all begins with repentance of sins. Paul says, listen, when you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Fornicators, adulterers, drunkards, all these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But there is a God that supersedes that. So Paul says, and so were some of you, but now you have been translated from darkness into marvelous light. And so then we're forgiven and then we stay there and we sit there because we think our purpose is coming on Sunday morning. And no city has changed. No atmosphere has changed. If we want destiny for our nation, then we better get up out the pews. We better do something about it. Nothing needs to be dependent upon the government for the kingdom of God. Why? Because the government's on our shoulders. If the remnant would arise, think, think about this. The story of Elisha. A foreign king, an ungodly king has a servant who has leprosy. Through, through takeovers and battles and wars, there's a little Israelite girl that serves him. They're in a far country. And they sit there and she goes, my master, why don't you go to Samaria in the land of Israel? For there you will find a prophet. She said, he'll take care of your leprosy. Who's this? Listen to me. A little servant girl in another nation. You think she was treated real good? I'm guessing probably not. She told them, what you need to do is you need to go down to Church of the Living God, Mount Sterling, if you need to be healed. Why not? Cancer disappeared here. A leg grew out here. Leukemia was destroyed right here. What's the eye thing? Macular degeneration was completely destroyed right here. And we're worried about, well, the government is saying this and that. Buddy, if we would just preach, if we would just preach what we know, why? Because blessed is the nation that Jehovah is God. That's the nation we're walking in. Why? Because I'm here. When I step into India, when I get off that plane, I said, wherever my soul touches belongs to the kingdom of God. Everywhere I walk there. That's why I don't have any fear of death overseas. Because I'm, I'm, I'm on assignment. I am called to go there. Because you got to be called to go there. Man, customer comes in. Man, you've been gone for two weeks. Man, where'd you go? I went, India. And I still don't know what I ate. Ten days. Don't know. Because I didn't go to the fancy big churches. I went to the youth revivals. Youth revivals where I'm pouring out sweat, and they go, oh, tea break, chai, chai, little cup smoking. And I'm going, 
Well, we, we got some cold water. Oh, there's some warm ones over there. Hallelujah. One service, 14 people came up for salvation. That's why I'm there. That's why I'm there. Because that's better than a beach somewhere to me. Now, it's, now if we can do the beach salvations, then, then we might leave Mount Sterling, okay? Let's be real. I sat there and I prayed for every single one. More people came up. God just prophesying, inter- prophesying with an interpreter. I can't wait to take Prophet John with me and have him have to flow in the prophetic with an interpreter. I'm going to just be sitting there going, it's awesome. All the ministers had already eaten. Some had already gone back to the hotel. And then I just went and got a plate of, like I said, I don't know what it was. It was colorful, but I don't know what it was. That evening, one of the head pastors of the church in Lucknow, who is, who is connected to, to Brother Augustus Anthony, Brother Tony, got up and rebuked the other ministers. He said, this young man prayed for every single person while you ate and went to your hotel room. We need to take him as an example. And I don't say that to puff myself up, but Jehovah is my God. The city is not here for us. We are here for the city. The government is not here for us. I am here for the government. So when the mayor has something that needs to be broken, you know who he calls? He calls us. Because we've made ourselves available. The little girl is sitting there and goes, man, you need to go there and you'll get healed. He shows up and guess what happens? He gets healed. Elisha didn't even come out. He grabs his servant. Why? Because we raise folks up. He grabs the servant and says, you want to do a miracle? Just go out there and tell him to dip in the Jordan seven times. The guy gets mad, doesn't want to do it. One of his servants rebukes him and says, if he came out and did something crazy, you would love it. Dipped in the Jordan, guess what happened? He was healed. A little girl in a different kingdom knew who Jehovah was. And now we have the shed blood of Jesus Christ on an altar that's crying out. Mount Sterling, Mount Sterling, salvation is here, salvation is here. And all we need is people who don't care who gets the credit as long as God gets the glory. You want destiny for the nation? I challenge you to get up and walk out in them streets and declare the gospel. And I'm not talking about with some Bible preaching this, but I'm telling you, ask God to let you walk out there and say, God, give me somebody who needs healing. And be there to demonstrate them. Blessed is the nation whose God is Jehovah. And it's about time we start walking in this. Verse 13, the Lord looketh from heaven and he beholdeth the sons of men. Listen to that. All generations, you need to have me as your God. I am Jehovah. I'm looking out, looking at what? I'm looking for the sons. I'm looking for the daughters. That's why we're here today. Is I'm looking out here and I want to know who's the sons and who's the daughters. I'm glad you're in church today. I praise God for it. I want something more for you. My life. I've forsaken all things to do this, to show you who he says that you are. 
And if you walk as who he has called you to be, the city will be won. Well, what about this? What about this? Doesn't matter. Because our God is a creator. That's what happens when you start walking around with Jehovah. You say, man, you go over there and get healed. You go over there and get healed. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. Look at this. He's looking at sons, but yet he's looking at the whole earth. And so we have to shift ministry that we're not just church ministry. We are city ministry. We are earth ministry. That's why we sow. We sow. I'll have to get a count from, from Paraquis. We, we sow into that ministry monthly. They've been having crusades. I, I, I want to get a number of how many people you are connected with by your giving. You're just giving out of obedience to the Lord, and the Lord has taken that, and he's reaping Ethiopia. When we're in Ethiopia, we always tell them, we're saying, America's not in the Bible. Sweden is not in the Bible. And Paraquis goes, Ethiopia is in the Bible. And he talks just like that. And the people, ah, ah. And Psalm says, I call this out, and Ethiopia shall be one for me. And we are part of it, and we are watching it happen. Why? Because our God's Jehovah. Because our God's Jehovah. And we're not here just for church. We ain't here just to play. He's not looking just at the church. He's looking at the earth. Why? Because one day, he's going to grab his spirit and say, take it all. It's going to fall in Muslim worlds. And oh my, what a revival there will be. It's going to fall in India on Hindu governments. Oh, what a revival that will be. And it's going to fall on a sleeping church in America. And oh, what a revival that will be. That's why we're here. We're not here just to do the church business. We're here to do the kingdom business. And the kingdom encompasses all the nations of the earth. He fashioneth us. He fashioneth their hearts alike and considers all their works. Fashioneth means squeezing into shape. Uh-oh. That's right. He's going to have to squeeze you into shape. He molds you into a form, especially as a potter. Figuratively, it means to determine. That is a form of a resolution. So listen to me. He's not just squeezing us just to squeeze us. He's squeezing us for purpose. One of the essence of this church is that whoever is on this podium ministering the word, we are here to challenge you to step out of status quo because my God, he called us peculiar. We're supposed to be different. We're not better than anybody, but we ought to be different than everybody. We ought not look like everybody else. That's what I tell my kids when I lay hands on my pop kids because they're my babies now. I tell them that you ain't fitting into nobody. You ain't called to fit in with nobody. You are called to be different and separate because your God is Jehovah. And because he's Jehovah, everything is different. He's molding us, but it's with a resolution. There's a purpose. He's determining who you should be. You want destiny for the nation? It's time you quit getting the church mentality and step into the kingdom. You repent of your sins. 
he will forgive you. 1 John 2, 1 says, my beloved, I tell you these things, I tell you these things that you sin not. But if you do, there is an advocate. Christ Jesus the righteous. If we want to change the course of this city, then that means we're going to have to change our mindsets. And not just flippantly say, well, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Because we don't even know what blessing is. Because I've seen people in total disparity and poverty. Walking days to go to a meeting. And their face is shown with the glory of the Father. That's what we're here for. Destiny for a nation is only going to come by the church. It's not going to come by the president. It's not going to come by the governor. It's going to come by the people of God stepping into who they have always been called to be and demonstrating the kingdom. Stand with me today.